to use it. This is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, I believe God's pouring out His Spirit on us today in a mighty way. And I also believe that God has great, great things coming for us. I've been talking to several people this week, and I think, in fact, I know there's a spirit of expectation about what God is going to do. Out of all of this crisis that our nation has had thrust upon it, that seems to be disastrous, nothing but sadness, loss, nothing but black clouds and detriment, I believe that in the midst of all of this, God is going to move in a mighty way by the power of His Holy Spirit, and we're going to see greater things than we've ever seen. God is going to do greater things because we're going to depend on Him more and more. Now we're depending on Look what the Lord has done already. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I really appreciate our music this morning. It's been wonderful. Great to have Melody with us for leading that great ending song for us. Amen. Amen. So give me a few minutes to preach this morning, will you? I'm going to take, let me see what time it is. It's 11.40, and so I'm going to take about 25 minutes to preach my message. That means I'm going to put it a little after 12 o'clock. So don't start getting jittery to about 12.10. Yeah, I said I was going to 12.05, but you always have to give me a little extra than what I said. So don't wait till 12.10 to get jittery. Just to let you know ahead of time. If you need to send, send a text to the rest of us where you're planning to go. Shared with them his ending time. He had risen from the dead. He had proven himself 
to lie for 40 days and nights. Now he was ready to ascend to the Father in 10 more days. Pentecost would come. He made great promises, two great, powerful promises on that time of his ascension. That's going to be what I conclude with and climax with in this message this morning as I talk to you about being prepared for the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you will give us liberty and freedom and anointing to speak your words fluently, clearly, plainly. Most of all, Lord, your anointing, Father, in Jesus' name. Joel chapter 2, one of the short, what's called minor, because of the length, prophets in the Old Testament. Joel chapter 2, verse 24 says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. That prophecy was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, and Peter declared, as he preached his message following the incoming of the Holy Spirit, he preached his message saying, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. So look back with me just shortly into the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus finished the triumphal entry, he then told his disciples to go prepare the place that he would meet with them for the last Passover that they would share together. He didn't put it that way to them, but they rather gathered that, and he certainly knew it. So they went to the household that uh, they'd been led to go to by the Spirit, and they told them, and the master was ready, and he said, here's the room prepared for him. All had been done in the providence of God. They went into that Second floor room, a large room prepared for them, the Bible says. And they started to talk about the things that Jesus wanted them to hear. In the last one, according to John, that starts in the 13th chapter. Of all of the chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, were events and teachings that occurred while they were in the upper room for the Last Supper prior to their going out and to follow him into ministry and to ready for his crucifixion and his resurrection and all those things that happened after that. This time in the upper room when they observed the Passover when the Lord's Supper was instituted, it was a time of preparation for them, of solidly grounding them in great truths from God. And one of the things he talked about strongly Spirit and the Holy Spirit's ministry among them when he came to them in his fullness. In the, four, in the, in the uh, 14th chapter of John, which is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, John chapter 14 starts off with, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful statement of confidence and assurance. He's speaking this to them now in the shadow of Golgotha, the preparation to die and be buried, and then of course it's finally to be risen again. And this is what he said in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
So you can walk with the Spirit. You can walk closer and closer and closer and get more and more and more of God in your life. That's as you desire in the Spirit and as you perform in the Spirit to do what the Word of God tells you to do. But by all means, I want to let you know that there's not a Christian who's committed your life to Christ in this place today who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The Bible makes that very clear. If you want me to sit down and take time to go up and show it to you, I'll be glad to do that sometime. So here's what Jesus said next. In the 16th chapter of John, it's in, I, I'm dealing with this because I think it's important to explain what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. This is what he said. So important now. Listen, we, we all need to get this clearly. Jesus said, chapter 16 of John, he said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. In the King James, he said, it is expedient for you that I go. I really like that word. But to your advantage is better understood than it by us perhaps. It is to your advantage. You are blessed by the fact that I am going away, that I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to rise from the dead, I'm going to ascend to the throne of the Father. You are blessed because in my physical, bodily presence, I am leaving. Wow. How can that be? That we would be more blessed with Jesus gone than with Jesus here on earth walking about so we could go to Jerusalem and visit him and tell him what we want to talk about. I tell you that we are because Jesus said that. He said, you are better off it's to your advantage, to your blessing, for me to go away. For if I go not away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send it to you. There's the promise of Pentecost. The promise of that day, 50 days after Easter, 10 days after the Ascension, when the Holy Spirit came and filled in mighty power on approximately 120 believers in the upper room and gave miraculous manifestations to say that we're entering a new time in the church, a time of being empowered by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus said would happen. Here's his promise right here. He said, you're better off because the Holy Spirit's going to be here, and he can be with you all the time. He can be with you every morning when you wake up, but beyond that, he can be with you every night when you go to sleep. And if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night, he's right there. The Holy Spirit is always present with his people. And we can call on him, cry out to him, believe him and his mighty power to get the works of God done that we need to transform our lives and to keep us on an upward journey towards heaven and to the total final victory he's going to bring us into. The Holy Spirit. That's his job. And then, this, this, let me read that little part I just read in the, in the Amplified Version. John 16, 7 in the Amplified says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the one who stands by us, he will not come, but if I go away, listen now, if I go away, when Jesus says it, what does it mean? It means it's true. This is what he said. But if I go away, it's better for you that I go away. 
if I don't wear the, the I don't wear this great Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go away, I I will send Him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. To be in close fellowship with you. That's the Holy Spirit and His power and ministry in our lives. We can receive everything that God wants to speak to us because the Holy Spirit has a communion with us. We hear the voice of the Spirit. I would strongly, strongly recommend to you that you go to Romans chapter 8, verses 26, 27, 28. All of you know Romans 8. 28, don't you? And we know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. We're called to live His purpose. But the verses just before that really talk about a great intercessory ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that tells us that there will come times when we do not know that we're speaking the language of God. Have you ever been in that place? Most of you have. You're, you're down on your knees. You're crying out to God. And then you say, what in the world? What am I talking about today? What am I hearing? What does this matter? People tell me, I want to know someone said, I wake up in the night sometimes saying, can this all be real? Can God hear all everybody? Everywhere all at the same time? Can this all be real? And then I, and then I quit. Then I get the Holy Spirit. Assures me. Let's be know that it is. I have that experience, don't you? So when, get, when I'm in that place and I get really close in the presence and experience of the Holy Spirit, and He says, I know you. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're trying to say. I can say it to the Father better than you can. Just let me speak to Him on your behalf. And I say, yes, yes, yes. And then he starts to talk the language of God, the language of the Almighty. And I'm speaking to the Almighty God. I'm speaking to the everlasting, eternal Son of God. Because there is one there within me who knows their thought, who knows the very heart of God, who knows the very purpose of God in its depth and completeness. He knows the Holy Spirit understands it all. There's nothing about the plan of God that he doesn't grasp. There's nothing that he can't communicate from me to the Father when I give my spirit to him and let him be the one who's speaking and talking and making the communication clear. I know when that happens. And whether I fall on my face or fall back in my chair or just stand up and raise my hands and the Spirit of God is communicating what I'm trying to say, I know that he's saying it exactly right. I know my prayer is being delivered to the throne of God and in the very heart of Father God because this Holy Spirit, a part of the Godhead, knows everything about me, everything about the plan of God. The only thing the Holy Spirit doesn't know is when Jesus is coming again. And I say that because the Bible, Jesus said, only the Father knows. So that, I don't care if it's that way. I don't think the Holy Spirit will be asked to know today or that. But I, I'm just saying this. I can't prove this from the Scripture. But this is according to the Gospel of Dylan. <laughs> I just, I do believe, though, just before, just before Jesus is coming again, the Holy Spirit's going to know it. Because 
he's got to start a job of wrapping up and bringing us all together so he can lift us all up and call us up to meet the Lord in the air. That's his job, and he'll do it, he'll do it well, and he'll do it right on time, because he knows the heart and the mind of the Father. And when the Father says it's time, this is it, he's going to come out and live and lift us up and take us into the heavenly into the heavenly places. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I told you I would, I would end with two great promises. When Jesus is now ready to ascend to the Father, he's already delivered his blood offering to the throne. Now this is an official departure. His disciples have been seeing him as he visited them and appeared to them in physical form. But now he's ready to change that. For now they'll know him in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is speaking to them at the very end of his time. And he says to them, all those gathered after his ascension, I believe this is the time when uh, Paul says that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at once. And I believe this is the time, the time of his ascension when so many had gathered there. And he spoke out to them and said to them, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. That's a great promise. Those disciples who were close to him had heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. This is something great. This is something he's been telling us. He's, he's going to prove it now. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So baptized, fully infused all of the Holy Spirit. So 120 of them listened to him and did what he said when he told them to stay in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. It's coming, he said, shortly. He didn't say on the day of Pentecost, but it was about ten days away. So they went into the upper room, and they stayed and they waited. 120 of them lasted for the ten days. And then on the day of Pentecost, in the celebration of the feast days of the Jews, when the day of Pentecost arose, there appeared there was a sound, a sound of a mighty wind that rushed through the room where they were. And there was a talk. Divided tongues, like tongues of fire that sat upon each of them, sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues of the Spirit of God gave them others. Now, the, what, what is so relevant in this is I want you to know that Jesus spoke those words of promise just ten days before that happened. And ten days after he said, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem until that happens. Ten days later, he came the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, flooding in with the sound of a mighty wind. Rushing in like a mighty train of, chain of waters, flowing down the river, coming into that room. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they were captured in the Spirit, captured in the Spirit, immersed in the Spirit. They walked out of the upper room, praising God in languages they didn't know. Now, I want to tell you that that was a fulfillment of several promises Jesus made. I covered them in John. He said, the Holy Spirit's coming. I'll give the Holy Spirit to you. When I leave, he'll come. I'm going, to send him, I'm going to send him back when I go away. And here it is. He's done just what he said he would do. He kept his promise. So the day of Pentecost was certainly a day of great fulfillment of promise. Now, more than that, I want you to remember this all in the context of the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does, it ministers to us on a regular, constant, daily, hourly basis. He also said, as he was going away, when they asked him some little 
the main question about signs of the times and the angels coming back. Well, Jesus had given the angels permission to speak about it. Now he's being taken up to heaven. They see him rising into heaven, going up to take his place at the right hand of the Father God and his face from And the angel said to him, Don't just stand up here gazing at what you're seeing right now. Take this as a sign because this is what they said. This same Jesus will so come in the same manner that you see him going away. Now the first promise Jesus made was fulfilled in ten days. The second promise that was made to all of us, then and all of us on that day, has not yet been fulfilled. But friend, just as surely as the day of Pentecost comes, came and is recorded in Acts 2 of the Bible, and all of those disciples who were there knew it and spread it and kept preaching and telling it for the rest of their lives, just as sure as that promise was kept, God is going to say to Jesus Christ one day, it's time to go back to get your bride. Go on down and bring them up to be with us together. And when he says that, then Jesus is going to split the eastern sky. He's going to come and he's going to welcome all of his people who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And he's going to call them up to be with him. That's what Thessalonians is talking about when it says the Lord himself shall be sent from heaven with a shout, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then... Those of us who are alive and still remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the promise of God. And that promise has not yet been fulfilled. All the prophecies have been said, this is the day he's coming. All the newspaper ads that have been put out saying he's coming on this day. All the radio programs that have proclaimed we know when he's coming, this is the day. They've all had to walk away with shame on their faces and embarrassment as they should be. Trying to say what the Bible says they don't know. Yes, we know what the Bible says you didn't know. Guess which one was right? The Bible. But there's another thing that the Bible's going to be right about. <laughs> it says he's coming. And he hasn't come yet. So now we know he hasn't come, but he is going to come. He is coming again. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit proclaims that. The presence of the Spirit in our lives proclaims that. The day of Pentecost proclaims that. He is coming back for His bride. And that means for you and me, my friend, if you're in the body of Christ through the salvation in the blood of Jesus. Do you believe and say amen? Glory to God. The first promise of the Holy Spirit will come on the day of Pentecost. And He did. The second promise was Jesus is coming again. And He will. Just as surely, if you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you believe in the Holy Spirit in your life, you believe in the Word of God, you're going to have to say, yes, Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. I want to be ready to meet Him, don't you? The greatest, most exciting thing that you and I have ever experienced, and I believe some of us will experience it, will be to rise to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up in that transformation time, when as we rise to the air, transformed from a mortal body to an immortal body, a glorified body. And those who have already died in Jesus, our loved ones, our mothers and fathers, our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, our family of church who we've loved and have had to say goodbye to in this world, on that day, they're going to come up out of that 
greater than what happened. So go find somebody who's an old reprobate who heard it all but never believed it. Didn't believe it till it happened. They'll find one. They'll pick it out somewhere. They'll put it on CNN. And when they do, nobody will believe it because they'll think it's fake news. But, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of outlets, plenty of television stations and networks, plenty of places to get it said and get it told. They put it on the headlines of the papers. We didn't believe it, but now it's come true. What's happened with so many millions of people in this world? You know that there are more than 600 million Pentecostal believers. I'm counting everybody in this world today. There are millions and millions of people when Jesus comes who are going to be caught up 